Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Happy Thanksgiving and Native American Heritage Week to those of you celebrating here in the United States and abroad. One thing I love about when we were teaching internationally was getting to celebrate different cultures' holidays. Whether it was the United States Thanksgiving or the Canadian Thanksgiving or Australia Day with our friends from down under or Eid with our colleagues and students. It's great to get to share these different traditions and learn what days are important to other cultures as well. Most importantly, however, is a well-deserved break for those of you who get the time off. Whether you get the whole week off or a four or five day weekend, know that it's well-deserved breather. And I hope you find time to relax and do what you need to do to replenish yourself. We have a great episode for you today in what really ended up being a two-part series episode. But before I launch into today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor, Tract. If you haven't heard of them and you are passionate about project-based learning, or maybe this time of year you are finding space for a genius hour in your schedule, you are going to want to head over to tract.app. That's T-R-A-C-T. .app. Tract is where the next generation of changemakers and leaders come to solve the world's biggest challenges. Through Tract's project-based lesson plan, Learn Through Teaching, they have intertwined PBL Works best practices with content conventions from TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube to create a fun educational experience with just enough structure for kids. Track has created a learn through teaching lesson plan, which I have linked in the show notes for you to help get you started. You can supplement your current curriculum by empowering students to learn through teaching on Tract. You can use class time for students to follow along on the seven mission self-directed learning path as they work towards creating and presenting a video lesson to their peers and the next generation of learners on Tract. I've included all the links to get you started in the show notes. You can learn more and set up your classroom free forever when you sign up in 2021 with the code SHIFTINGSCHOOLS at teach.tract.app. That's right. Just head over to teach.tract.app and use the code SHIFTINGSCHOOLS and you will have a free account forever when you do that before the end of 2021. This is a great time of year to get tracked and try and sign up before the end of the year to keep it free forever. Again, that's teach.track.app and use the code Shifting Schools. Thank you again to Ari and the track team for being a sponsor of Shifting Schools, and we're excited to hear how you use it in your classroom. All right, so last spring, Steve Barkley, who is an educational consultant focused on leadership and instructional coaching, reached out to me and asked if he could use a link to one of our podcast episodes. That connected us, and so we decided to do a podcast swap, where I would be a guest on his podcast, the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast, and he'd be a guest on Shifting Our Schools. I talked on his podcast about the future of student learning and where education is headed, and he talked about PLCs and the work that is needed to get to the true intention of PLCs in schools. Of course, recording these two episodes back-to-back, they really just became an extension of each other. 
So after you listen to Steve here, I invite you to search for the Steve Barkley Ponders Outlaw podcast and subscribe to it as well and listen to my half of the conversation. Of course, the links to Steve's podcast and everything else about Steve can be found in the show notes of this episode as well. I think my favorite part of this episode is Steve explaining the difference between PLCs and PWCs or professional learning communities, and professional working communities. As you listen, I encourage you to be thinking about your own PLCs and how they are structured. Are they truly PLCs as Steve defines them, or have they morphed into PWCs, which I have seen happen all too often? A great conversation with a true educational thinker. And with that, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. So excited to be back here with you. We've got a great interview with Steve Barkley here talking about PLCs. Uh, Steve and I are doing a little podcast swap. So we just got done recording about a half hour for his podcast, and I'll let him talk about that. And now he's going to be doing a half hour on our podcast. And as we talked on your podcast, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to listen. It's almost like part one and part two, I think, by the (laughs) time we get done with these. I'm just where I think it is. So, Steve. Thank you so much for being here and being part of the Shifting Our Schools uh, community, Uh, all the way from Switzerland via Zoom. I love technology that we can do this. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, kind of what your passion is today. Um, Well, the core of my my work for the last 35 years has been in the area of coaching. And and uh, it grew out of my entry into teaching. So I actually had the opportunity to spend my entire senior year at university in a laboratory school teaching. Wow, cool. And and they waived the teacher ed courses. And instead, the profs came, the teacher ed profs came into the classroom where I was working and and worked worked with me. And uh, I I started with grade four, master teacher, two students, a graduate, the two student teachers, graduate intern, visiting professors for a whole year. Wow. uh, I I graduated, I get my first job, and I'm teaching in in an open concept school in New Jersey, 100 grade five and six kids in one big room. Wow. Four teachers and two paraprofessionals. And I was so excited about my undergraduate program, I convinced the university to uh, make the school that hired me a professional development center for the university. So now we had college seniors spending the year in my public school, uh, similar to the one I had in the lab school on campus. Oh, very cool. So uh, I tell people, uh, uh, my work is around the term that teaching is a team sport and a public act. Uh, and that and that thinking drives it. And so after 10 years of, uh, of teaching, I began to work in PD and I started traveling to other schools and was shocked to find that people were working in isolated boxes <laughs> all on their own because I had never yeah, seen you're in these open concepts. <laughs> what is this? I found out that my experience was totally foreign there. <laughs> And so it, it led me down the path of uh, focusing first on peer coaching. Okay. Uh, that concept of teachers coaching teachers, then uh, training mentors for working with beginning teachers, then uh, uh, 
the teachers who were going to be uh, collaborating teachers with universities, with student teachers. Then I finally got into administrators taking a more coaching role in their work. Okay. And then when the instructional coaching concept hit, I, uh, I, I jumped in there. So oh, very I cool. By and large, my work is uh, another phrase I use is there is no mountaintop to teaching. So mm. you've come into a profession where you don't have to worry about mastering it prior to uh, retirement. Yeah. Uh, and I, I now stand as a pretty good picture of that because the retirement date has passed me by quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think the next three to five years are going to be such an exciting time. Yeah. That now I'm, you don't want to get out of it. You're like, I just want to stay in it. This is gonna be. Good. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in full pedal. I'm yeah. in full pedal. I say something similar. The the phrase I like to use is like, "There's a reason. There's no such thing as a master teacher. Yeah. It's there's a reason why they call it the teaching practice, yeah. right? Like you're just constantly practicing at this thing. You never. If you think you've mastered this, I think you're in the wrong profession because this yeah. thing is just you know your kids are different every year. The things are changing every year. It's there's a reason you've why it's called the teaching practice. You've lost sight of where you could go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you mastered it, it means that you don't have that. My one of the when I'm training administrators, I suggest one of the questions they ask a teacher at the start of every year is, "What are you looking to accomplish this year that you've never accomplished before?" And if if people don't have a phrase for that, that that, that we know we're we're missing a mark somewhere to to help people to to have that. That that's what's going to drive them. Yeah, I love that. Well, I know when you and I met um, before this, and we were kind of figuring out what we were going to talk about on the podcast. We both got talking about PLCs and we were like, ah, PLCs. So I'm really excited to kind of dig in with some of your work and you've got fantastic work. And we'll make sure that all the blog posts that we're going to talk about today uh, and your blog and and everything else is, is in the show notes as well. But I love this. Like we were talking about this difference of like how PLCs are used today versus like the original concept, the original understanding, the original ideal of what a PLC was. And you came up with this thing saying that there's a difference between PLCs and PWCs. Can you kind of explain that? What do you mean by that? What's the difference that you're seeing here? So, so, so PWC stands for professional working community. And so I describe that as a group of teachers who come together and uh, cooperate uh, in order to get work done more efficiently get work done more, 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 more quickly than, than doing this on your own. Um, we, we, I, we understand that, uh, well, let's take a, a primary, we need centers for kids in the classroom. So the idea that you're going to move your centers to my room and I'm going to move my centers to your room instead of us having to recreate these. Right. That's the kind of thing that would come out of professional working community. Okay. And historically that was called common planning time. Right. What happened in a lot of schools when they said you should have PLCs, they just took their common planning time, which was teachers focused on teaching and called it a PLC. So I suggest that that's not a PLC. The PLC is professional learning community, meaning teachers are there to learn something. So Mm. go back to your thing about that's why it's a practice. Yeah. I've yet, I've yet to collect student work and be satisfied with what I got. Mm. <laughs> so the, the question that I pose to folks went in a PLC, you sit down, you look at student work, you, you, you look at data, and, and, and the question you're asking is, what do the kids need us to learn? Oh, I love that. 
What so do the kids need us kids, to learn? Kids need us to learn something. And maybe something, maybe we need to learn something about motivation. Uh, maybe we need to learn something about the sequencing of learning activities. Um, maybe we, maybe we need to learn something deeper about our content that we're not yeah. taking. I, I don't know what it is, but my, my assumption is if you knew how to cause the students to achieve what you wanted them to achieve, you would have done it. Right. So, so the fact that you've carried out a, an instructional unit, you've worked with the kids and, and you look at the results and you don't like some of the results, then what do the kids need us to learn becomes the, becomes the question. Uh-huh. So my, my, my frustration grew that everything they were asking teachers to do when they had a chunk of time ended up being labeled a, a, a PLC. And yeah, so I so was true. working with a, a district where I was coming back each month. So during the month that I was gone, they had the instructional coaches went to the PLC time and they taught the teachers how to get the kids registered into the state's exam online for the kids to do. Yeah. And so when, when I came back a month later and found out that's how they had spent their PLC time, I went to the administrators and I said, you know, I totally get it. You know, the, the gun was up against your head. Yeah. The deadline's here. The kids got it. Okay. But you, you forgot to do one thing. And they said, what's that? You forgot to put up the sign. And they said, <laughs> what sign? I said the sign that said PLCs canceled. Yeah. Instructional coach on loan to the state department. <laughs> the yeah. Problem. The problem is because you didn't put that sign up, I've got a whole group of people thinking what they just did for the last month was a PLC. Yeah. And now we got to backtrack through that. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I think it's, it's been this kind of, I don't know if it would, I feel like it's been kind of a small transition away from like, here's what PLCs were. And I remember like the first time we set up PLCs, I remember I was teaching in Shanghai and there was, they were very structured. The leaders of the PLCs, had, you know, a, a whole binder of like activities and questions to ask us. Like there was a true lead and we were, we were answering that. And I love this. It's going to be the title of the podcast, you know, what do students need us to learn? <laughs> and somewhere we transitioned into this, they're working groups, yeah. you know, we're, 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 it's our common planning time. Do you, do you see it is one of the, and, and I don't, we haven't had this conversation, so I don't know what you can say, but do you see, is it, is it beneficial or is it hindering when your PLC is also your working group. So for example, there's four of us in the social studies department, we have common planning time, and then we have PLC time, but because it's the same people, those, we kind of, I don't know. It's okay to be the same people. You got to separate it in your head. So I actually work with some groups that when they make the agenda for their meeting, they actually put on the agenda, PWC, here's the three things we got to get done. Okay. And now our PLC. Oh, great. One school I worked with, I loved it. They had an oval table in a room that where they had all the PLC, all the PLCs met. And they actually used whiteboards on two different sides. So the facilitator would get up and, and work on the one side while they did the PWC. When they finished that part of the agenda, she'd actually walk over to the other wall. Everybody would swivel their chairs. And so actually get into a mindset now we're shifting. Yeah. So uh, the the big problem with most of the elementary PLCs is they tackle too many things. Mm. So they don't stay on something long enough 
to work it through the process. So if you're going to have a the PWC agenda is going to change, you know, week to week to week to week. Right. The PLC agenda, you got to stay on that for a chunk of time. So mm. I've done some where we have a PLC agenda for the year. Oh, wow. Just working on like the same thing. It's a middle school looking at student writing. Yeah, just student writing. That's that's just our one focus. We're going to use our PLC time and we're going to come out of this year with understanding. That doesn't mean we aren't teaching the other thing. Right. We're going to deal with the the other things we're going to deal with in in the old way we always did. Right. Because if we try and do everything, okay. um, And and the the other part that's real big there for me is goals. And Mm. so once you're going to do writing for a long period of time, now you're going to be able to set goals that you're going to say, our, our work as a PLC is to learn what it would take to move kids from here to here. Mm. So there's going to be trial and error. There's going to be missteps. There's going to be discovering that some things work for some kids, but they, but they didn't work to others, but it, it, action research, probably a phrase that other people use. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You talk about, um, in a December 2nd, 2018 blog post, you talked about Resnick's four P's and how they kind of need to be brought into this idea of a, of a PLC. Can you maybe talk about what those four? Yeah. You, you got to go back and know those came from the, 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 uh, the, the group at MIT that's looking at lifelong kindergarten. Right. Yeah. Okay. Out of the book. <laughs> It's okay. So, so the power of lifelong kindergarten is projects, peers, passion, and play. Yeah. So in effect, as a classroom teacher, that I'm, that's what I'm looking to engage my, uh, engage my students in. So if you're doing genius hour or you're, you're, you're looking at, at, uh, at, at passion, uh, passion learning, uh, the, the design where kids are getting autonomy to design programs, those are the four things you're you're looking at. Well, when I read that, and I first was looking through the the, the eye of a teacher for a classroom, and, and I have to tell you, this happens a whole lot to me. That in effect, the 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 PLC should be an ideal model of what it is you're looking for to have happen in a classroom. No, I 100% agree. I love that. If our focus is on learning, whatever it is that should be present for students to learn needs to be present for, for teachers to learn. So the, the, the concept that the, the goal, so let's take writing that that's our project and we're going to go deep enough in that as a PLC uh, it, 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 it's uh, it's all about peers, which is why I'm real big on putting peer coaching into PLCs. Mm. So if if we're struggling with a group of English writing uh, 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 English learners uh, uh, and they're writing, and and we've got six teachers in this PLC, all who have some of those students, we should be in each other's classrooms observing those students and gathering that data. And bringing it back to our PLC, that's where we're going to be working from. And then when I say teaching as a team sport, I differentiate the, what most teachers actually haven't experienced being on a team. Mm. That most of what schools call teams, I call franchises. Yeah. <laughs> so when people aren't going to a team meeting; they're going to a franchise meeting. All right. So you're, you're, you're going, you're going to a, me- a meeting, you own biology, somebody else owns chemistry and somebody else owns physics. 
and you're coming to a franchise meeting, you'll exchange tips and strategies. But when you leave the meeting, the chemistry teacher isn't taking any responsibility right. for kids' performance in biology. So that's not a team. Right. So for me, if I've got five second grade teachers and they each have 20 kids, then each teacher is responsible for 100 kids. Mm. And the PLC time is is where you work on 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 causing on causing that to happen. So so the peers actually add a a, a shared accountability for the uh, for the outcome. Um, and, and and passion. I was I was in a school. I met, I met it was January. I met with all the PLCs. At the end of the day, I sat down with the principal and I said, "What would you think about teachers changing their PLC goals for the year?" And you know, he looked at me like, "How crazy could you be?" It's January. <laughs> he said to me, "Why would you want to do that?" I said, "Because they aren't interested in the ones that they have." <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a bunch of unmotivated students. We got to do something here. Back in August, you told them you needed a goal. So they either decided what would be easy to track or what they thought was on your agenda and you wanted. And, yeah. and now you're giving them an hour each week to go to this room and spend time with each other. And they, they, they don't have a passion for what they're doing. Yeah. So I actually started a phrase with PLCs now. I, I, I call it goals before norms. Okay. Everybody's putting everybody's big on get putting norms together for how we're going to work together, and, and that's important. But I, but but if you don't have a goal, you don't have a reason to join the group. So why would you agree to go with the 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 the, the, the norms? Get a group of high school teachers to sit down and say, you know what, we're graduating kids whose reading comprehension is insufficient for university work and the work they're going to be asked to do, and it's good enough to pass our exams. But if that bothers us as a group, if, yeah. if we're gonna, if that's something you're losing sleep over, now you want to join a PLC. Mm. And the last part is it play. It should be playful. And the, the play could be. I, I've had some administrators tell me they pick their best PLCs out because they have some awesome fights. Yeah, but 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 the fights are because we're disagreeing about the best way to get kids to the same place. That the, yeah. that's that's where the the the, the passion's coming out. Mm, well, that's the four Ps. I love that. Where and I, you you do a lot of work with instructional coaches. How important do you see instructional coaches being in on this PLC work or supporting schools? So um, I, I just I just uh, I just did a uh, a blog and a podcast on uh, the instructional coach job description, mm. and uh, I, I'm really at the point now of deciding there shouldn't be one. Yeah. Um, I, I looked up, I found, I found one online at district headers posted. They had 27 <laughs> descriptions of what instructional coaches do. So, and the last one was anything else the principal comes up with. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so instructional coaches should be, in my mind, they should be a resource to, uh, to PLCs, um, meaning um, PLCs should be requesting instructional coaches assistance from time to time, mm-hmm. the problem and uh, Jim Knight and I uh, recorded a, a podcast on this. Years ago, we sent instructional coaches in to teach teachers how to do PLCs, and they never came out. Yes, so true. So what happens now is, if you have a boring PLC meeting, it's the instructional coach's fault. Yeah, when it should be the fault of the five people in the department who are sitting around the table together. Mm. They have to take the ownership now. I think the instructional coaches, if PLCs are new, 
or, or if people haven't had real PLCs, then having somebody initially facilitate those and then teach us what it is and model for it. But it's it, in my mind, it's got to be with a plan to get out of there. Hmm. As long as somebody other than the people at the table are designing the agenda, it's not a real PLC. Hmm. I love that. The people at the table have to be designing the agenda. Yep. And so in one, so one of my recommendations is most PLC meetings should end with the agenda for the next meeting that you spend the last five minutes planning the agenda for the what, next. What's meeting. our next step. It, and the reason is you're generally going to leave with homework. Right. So we were wondering about the English language learners writing. So for next week, everybody give a, a writing task that you can collect in each of your content areas and, and bring those eight or nine English language learner kids. You need to bring that to our next PLC. That's where we're going to pick up. Mm. When a teacher walks in, they got a, they got an hour break in the middle of the day and they walk in a seat and pop down and they're waiting for somebody there to jump in and guide Tell them this. what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's not a PLC. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> You'd like one that I wrote earlier was administrators, are they supporting or hijacking PLCs? Oh, because what do you, see? What do you see happening? Well, it's hijacked. It's yeah. hijacked every time, but and but for a good reason. So I, I want to make sure I, I label that so it doesn't sound derogatory of administrators. But principals are sitting in their office, and something request comes down from central office from the franchise. We, <laughs> yeah, we need this. Yeah, we we need this. And and the principals think, oh man, I just can't dump this on teachers because I keep dumping stuff on them. So when would teachers have time to do this? Ah, their PLC time. And so suddenly this stuff starts moving and we start coming into PLCs with work we need to get done for somebody else. And now it's a PWC. Bingo. Yeah. And maybe even a PWC that I'm not interested in. At least in the good PWC, I'm doing my work. And now That's I'm right. Else's work. That's true. It's so good. So as we kind of get ready to wrap this up here, what what is your vision for PLCs? What work do you what work do you do in supporting schools and teams of kind of making this transition back out of PWCs and getting back focused on PLCs? Kind of maybe like what what's your vision? How 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 should how should they be used in schools? Like if I was a perfect school, what what kind of what would be working with Steve Barkley? What would that look like? To me, the PLC is just one version of the many teams that you want to have working effectively in a school. So you, you need, you're in an elementary school, so you got this grade level team, which is important. Um, but you also could be focused on a vertical team. Um, I'm, I'm working with this district right now that's looking at transition. Mm. You know, I got, I got, I got teachers teaching grade five who can't tell me the names of people who teach grade six science at the middle school tells me pretty likely they aren't communicating very much. So, so they're talking to me about what do we got to do for transition? So, well, first thing you got to do for the transition is you got to build a team that sets a goal. So, so what is it that we want to achieve for kids as they transition between our schools? I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw it in the international schools you're you're in that that you were in, but I'm surprised. I find there's a wall between the grade five and grade six, even yeah. though we're all in the same yeah. all in the same building. I see it everywhere. Yeah. School, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
So, so to, to me, the, the ultimate is creating opportunities for people to form teams with common goals hmm. and then providing them the support as a team to, uh, to, to develop that. I love that. I love that. And I just love, like, if I'm just trying to recap the things we talked about, I think this idea of if you are, if you find yourself in a PLC and as you go into your next PLC, even after listening to this, it might be next week. Are, are you, are you in your PLC focused on this idea of what do students need us to learn? I love that. Like uh, when you're sitting in your PLC, is that something that you can just have in the back of your head of like, okay, how are we structuring this in our goals? Because our students need us to learn something. Our writing scores aren't where they are. Our math scores aren't. We're having, you know, what, classroom management issues, which we're hearing a lot of right now after the pandemic. If you're, an administrator, if you're an administrator, it's a great check on how effective your PLCs are being. Just from time to ask teachers, tell me one of the things you learned in your PLC that's impacting your kids. Oh, I love that. And then the second thing is just around this idea of inside your PLCs, this idea of you know, what we're learning from lifelong kindergarten, the four P's of projects. Are you working on something long-term? I love that idea, right? Like a lot of times I think we get this short-term answer. Like we want the quick fix. And in your PLC, it's not about the quick fix. It's about looking at writing for an entire year or something for an entire quarter or semester. Like there's something here our students need us to learn. Let's dig in and learn it. Am I working with peers, you know, peer coaching? You mentioned that. Is there some passion? And where do we get a chance to play? Uh, I love that as part of it. Um, so that's so great, Steve. Jeff, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick link back. Yeah, you came to my podcast and talked about the need to develop skills. Yeah. Okay, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. Why does a teacher go to a PLC? It's to develop skills. I love. We that. don't know what skills we, we we don't we don't know what content even you're going to need as a teacher looking future out. But yeah. the greater set of skills that the teacher develops just like what you said about the greater set of skills kids develop. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think, again, if you're listening to this over at Shifting uh, shifting Our Schools, you're going to want to head over to Steve's podcast because you're going to be like, they're saying the same things from a student <laughs> angle and a PLC angle. And this is, and but I think, you know, as we come out of this pandemic, I think these are the types of conversations. I think we're getting back to these focuses. I think that, I think one of the things that, you know, maybe the pandemic held to see is that we gone down this, you know, professional work, working community. And we're like, wait a minute, we really need PLCs. And how did, and and I think you're right. Like it was a slow shift of pressure coming from above and, you know, more just, there was, it's nobody's fault. We just, we made the shift. And I think, you know, this might be an opportunity for us to to shift back. So that's fantastic. Steve, if people want to learn more about your work, uh, your podcast, uh, your blog is is amazing. Every time I read a blog post, I'm just like, oh man, I got this, it's gotta, I gotta walk away and think for a bit. <laughs> They're just so powerful. So, so where, where can people find you, you find, find out more about find, you? find all of it at barkleypd.com? All right, parkleypd.com. Parkleypd.com. And you're if you're big looking at PLCs now, I got a section on the website called Hot Topics. Oh, great. So to Hot Topics, I got everything about PLCs stuck in one spot. And I also got a, a, a tech team that does a pretty good uh, search uh, search engine for me. Oh, so great. you can take any set of words that we used and pop it in the search engine and you'll likely find the blog or a podcast where it was. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we'll make sure all of this is in the show notes. Uh, we'll have his, his website and the, the specifically the blog posts that we kind of talked about today will be there as well. We'll put a link over to the podcast so you can go over and subscribe uh, to Steve Barkley's Ponderings Out Loud. It's a great, a great little podcast uh, where you get to hear you get to hear more from Steve. Steve, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy thank schedule. You. Thank you. And let's, uh, let's not let the calendar go too far down the road. I, I think we ought to come back and do this again. Yeah, absolutely. This would be okay. fun. That's great. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.